John tells the story. It's the evening of Easter, and, and Jesus' disciples are afraid. John tells us that they're behind locked doors for fear of the Jews. They were afraid of the Jews. Well, of, of course they were afraid. Uh, they saw what had happened to Jesus. They knew that it could happen to them. So they, they didn't know what to do. Uh, they didn't even know what to believe. And then John says that, that, that Jesus shows up, uh, that, that Jesus stood among them. He stood right in the middle of their, of their fear. You know, we're afraid too. And, and I think sometimes uh, our fear uh, immobilizes us. Uh, now, fear is healthy for sure. Like, that's, that's the reason we're wearing masks these days and, and using hand sanitizer. It's the reason we don't pick up snakes with a rattle. Um, we're afraid. Uh, we're afraid of this virus. Like, I'm afraid of getting this virus. Uh, but you know, I'm even more afraid of, of, of giving it to, to, to someone else. Uh, we're afraid of, of all of the unknown things that are out there. Um, you know, like um, going off to college and uh, parents sending their kids to college in, in this great big world and a world that, that's full of uh, such uncertainty. You know, I know that in the United Methodist Church, uh, we're anxious and, and even afraid about the future of our great denomination. What is it going to look like on, on the other side of, of this next general conference? Um, we're afraid about job security. Uh, we wonder about our jobs, um, may, maybe how long, how long they'll last. We're, we're afraid, uh, wondering if we're going to have enough, not just for retirement, but like maybe even for next week. Uh, it's, it's a fearful time. And I think we're afraid that, you know, all of this stress, the stress that, that, that's being put on our families, are, are our family relationships going to survive this or are our families going to break up? It's a, it's a very real fear uh, that we're feeling. We're afraid of being alone, of, of waking up to another really lonely day. I think sometimes we feel afraid of, of all of the, the political realities that are around us. Uh, the political stuff can, can just be confusing sometimes. Uh, one of the things that I've discovered these days uh, is that, that people of color, like they're afraid of things that I would never imagine uh, being afraid of. In the Bible, uh, whenever uh, angels show up, uh, usually what they say first is, is do not be afraid. Well, when you think about that, that's, that's completely understandable. <laughs> uh, Scott Taylor said that uh, fear not is usually uh, the beginning of, of when really good things start to happen. Now, uh, Luke. Uh, Luke tells this story. And in, in Luke's version of this story, uh, he says that when, when Jesus shows up, when, when Jesus uh, stood among them, that, that the disciples just completely freaked out and, and they thought it was a ghost. And so Jesus says to them, don't be afraid. Like, it's, it's me. Uh, I'm no ghost. And then both John and Luke, as they tell the story, they say that, that, that Jesus showed them his scars. And then they knew it was him. Uh, it, it's interesting to me um, that they recognized Jesus in his scars. Like, it was his story. You know, uh, guys love to talk about their scars. Like, like this one here. Uh, years ago, I was, 
I was whittling a, a little wooden uh, gear shift knob for my little blue Chevy Love pickup truck and I was in the garage just whittling away and one slip and a big chunk of my finger went flying across the garage and uh, man it was awful. I, I found it later and it was like this dried up little piece of flesh. It was just really gross but I, I've got the, the, the scar to remind me of that story. This one on my thumb here, I don't know, 25 years ago. Um, my car broke down just right down the street there across from Grace Episcopal Church and so I was under the hood and you know how like when you're using a wrench um, and, and it slips and your hand just goes flying it's like so so I've got this scar and I think that that darkness there is from the grease from under the hood of my car it's crazy I, I've got a, um, a scar on my knee and it's still got the the pencil lead in it I was a I was a school bus victim of a, of a pencil jab um, and, and on my face one year at the beach, uh, the bungee cord was round, wound up really tight and it, and it slipped and man, I, I bled like a, uh, like, a, like a stuck pig. Um, a friend of mine were, were together one time and, and we, were, we were showing off our scars. And, and Jeff said to me, he said, you know, uh, tattoos are really cool, but scars have better stories. And you know, um, sometimes our scars have stories that we don't ever want to tell, like those, those scars that um, are on our hearts. Like we, we need some kind of healing. We need this, this peace that, that Jesus brings. And you know, some people uh, have, have stories of their scars that if we're honest, um, we don't really want to hear. I have a friend who's Chinese-American. Uh, she's 25 years old. Uh, she's really smart. And with a passion, uh, she fights for the rights of all people in, in so many different ways. I just learned the other day that she's afraid to go out of the house alone. Uh, she's afraid to go out alone uh, because of this Chinese virus that this pandemic is, is being called. Like. She's worked with the homeless population. She's had the courage to work with the homeless population in Washington, D.C. And she's afraid to go out alone to leave her house in Haywood County. We had a, a district clergy gathering a few weeks ago and we heard the story. Um, one of our district superintendents in the Western North Carolina Conference, uh, African-American district superintendent, he told the bishop in the cabinet that he never goes out alone after dark and that he never has. Uh, he's afraid to leave his home after the sun goes down simply because uh, he's a black man in North Carolina. On June 12th, it was a Friday, um, many, many of you from First United Methodist Church, um, we. Uh, we marched in the, in the protest, the Black Lives Matter protest. It started at the Walmart um, in Hazelwood and, and we came down Main Street and, and we ended up here at the courthouse. And, and once the, the crowd gathered at the steps of the courthouse, uh, we, ha we had an opportunity um, to hear the, the voices of our black friends in our community. One of the, one of the first uh, people who spoke was this elderly black gentleman. And he talked about uh, growing up here 
in Waynesville and all of his life, just loving to fish and would, would fish these streams. It was a bit stirring to, to hear him share about his fears of, of being um, a black man with a fishing pole, um, walking on the, the banks of the streams and on the banks of the rivers, wondering if, uh, if he was trespassing in, in somebody's yard. Just the other day, he said not long ago, he was fishing one of the streams that he's fished his whole life. And there, uh, hanging from, from the bridge, was a hangman's noose. You know, Jesus showed the disciples his scars. And then he said to them, As the Father has sent me, so I send you. So how was Jesus sent? You know, in the New Testament, there are, um, there are a, a bunch of Jesus' uh, declared purpose statements. So when he's talking to Nicodemus, he says, you know, <clears throat> God loved the world so much that he sent me. <laughs> Jesus said that he came to, to proclaim the good news of the kingdom. Uh, Jesus said that, that he came to, to seek out and to save the lost. Uh, he said that he came to, 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 so that people could have life and, and have it abundantly. On one occasion, Jesus says, I, I didn't come to judge the world. I came to save the world. That's the way Jesus sends us. You want to know one of my biggest fears? I'm afraid that we won't go. I'm afraid that we'll remain frozen and that nothing will change. Bishop Will Willimon tells a story um, about an, an author, Philip Hale, who, who did a story uh, in France. He went to, to this uh, small village, La Chambon, uh, in France, um, because he wanted to get the story of, of, this, um, of this village who really did extraordinary things um, in World War II. You know, unlike others in France, uh, this little village, uh, they hid the Jews. Um, in, in their village uh, when the Nazis came. And so he, he wanted to go and get the, the story about these extraordinary people. But he said when he got there and we started interviewing the people, he was just really taken by their, their ordinariness. Like they weren't heroes, they weren't conspicuously smart uh, or, or discerning people. And, and so as, as he talked to more and more people and as he tried to assess the situation, he decided that the, the, the key factor uh, that was kind of woven through, through all of it was their attendance Sunday after Sunday at, their, at the little church in their village and how week after week uh, they would listen to the sermons of, of Pastor Trokme. So, so they became by habit uh, these people um, who knew what to do uh, and they did it. Uh, so, so when the Nazis came, 
Uh, they just quietly did uh, what they knew was right uh, and, and, and hid their friends from the Nazis. This one old woman says that, that when the, the Nazis came to, to her door, that she faked a heart attack <laughs> uh, so, so they wouldn't find the, the Jews uh, hiding in her house. And she said, you know, uh, Pastor always said that a time will come in a person's life uh, when you're asked to do something special for Jesus. She says, when our time came, we knew what to do. You know, Jesus stood among them and he breathed fire on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. And the disciples weren't frozen anymore. Amen.